Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. We're going to work our way uh, through Scripture Acts 16, um, take a little bit of a journey through it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start at verse 6 of chapter 16 for the sake of time. Paul and his companions travelled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the Word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mycenae, and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready and at once, at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I'm going to press pause there. We're going to read some more in a little while. But I just found myself somewhat fascinated by the fact that there was a couple of places they they intended to go. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit kept them from going there. Uh, And it just, it got me thinking about the guidance, the guidance of, of the Holy Spirit in our lives and, and something that's relevant to all of us that we want to know what the will of God is. We want to know uh, what, what, God has, what God has got for us. And God, God will speak to us in our life in varying ways. Uh, of course, what we've just read is not specific on how they knew it wasn't the right thing to do. Uh, so we don't know. We don't know whether it was a prophetic word. We don't know whether it was circumstances. We don't know. All we know is that when push came to shove, they knew that the Holy Spirit had shown them that this was not the right place to be. And then, of course, um, Paul had this vision and he took that as, okay, this is the place, the place where we need to go. Um, and I wanted, to, I wanted to say something to us, uh, especially in our journey from God, because a lot of times people talk about hearing from God and they talk about, uh, you know, God, God said to me this and God said to me that. And, you know, I, I, would, I would pretty much wager that, um, that most of us in this room have actually not heard the audible voice of God. Um, but... But we use the language of God speaking to us. And I just want to I wanna, uh, talk to us about that so that in our life we can be empowered to recognize whether God is speaking to us or not. Now, God can speak in, in many ways. It can be an impression. It can be, uh, it can be something directly from the Word of God. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, as most of you will know, 
if you normally come here, you know, we lived in South Africa for 10 years. Uh, we moved country. I didn't get a prophetic word for that. Uh, I got a sense that God uh, was uh, leading us that way. And then things were circumstantially confirmed. I want to I say to every single one of us that no matter um, what kind of prophetic word you get or how amazing it is, a prophetic word will come in confirmation to things that God has already been saying to your spirit. So the prophetic will come to confirm what God has already been saying to you. If it comes as revelation, you should always wait to have that confirmed. We never ever act on one word from God. Because that is a very dangerous thing to do. And in fact, Scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 13 that out of the mouths of two or three witnesses is, shall every, everything be established, shall have every word be established. So uh, we, 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 on our, we wait for confirmation on the sense or what we feel that God is saying to us. But I've got just three points I want to give you. Listen, this is for free. This is actually isn't my main message. This, I'm just throwing this in, guys, for free, for you, just to bless your life. Um, when, when you believe that God is speaking to you, and, and sometimes I get, I get shocked at how some people will just go off and do their own thing based on something they are feeling without checking or running that past anybody. Make huge long-term decisions based on something they were feeling. I want to say that that is a very dangerous way to live. Um, you know, I love the Lord. I followed the Lord for years. I hear God. And I want you to know if I was, was going to do anything of a serious or, uh, you know, a, a, a big nature, I would make sure that I ran it past some people who, who I know hear God, who are listening to the Spirit. And that would be my first point, that when you feel God is speaking to you, run it by somebody who is mature in their faith, who you know pray, and, and this is very key, have a proven record, i.e. the way they've lived, of hearing the voice of God in their life. I, I know that you know, you, sometimes we don't share things because we are afri afraid that people might poo-poo the idea or just like might say, you know, say the wrong thing. But I, I think it's very key that we find people who are not going to do that um, but, but are going to encourage us. The, the, our goal is not, not just to do whatever we want but to do hopefully what God wants us to do. Um, and that's why, you know, I, even if you run it past somebody, make sure you run it past somebody who's going to tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear. Don't just find people who you know, you know, and then, okay, if you find someone and you, they say, mm, I'm not sure, and then you go, well, they're not really listening to God. They're not hearing God. I'm going to find somebody who agrees with me, and then I really know that they are listening to the Lord. No, that's not, not it. If, 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 you, 
if you are genuinely um, hearing something from God, it will stand up to scrutiny. It will, it, it will be robust enough for people to, to ask questions without you getting insecure and intimidated. Secondly, and it, it, it feeds in, but, but to check your motives. Are you really seeking what God wants or are you looking for God to bless what you want? Are you really seeking what God wants or are you just looking for God to bless what you want? There is a difference. Um, as, and we will see in just a moment that the, the, the Lord's ways are not our ways. Um, and then thirdly, thirdly, pray. And I've done this, oh my goodness, how many times in my life I have prayed this whether it's come to buying a car or whether moving house or yet yeah, whether moving country or whatever, whatever. I have prayed this so many times. I pray for God to either open doors or close doors and then trust the process. Um, and, and, and I say that because um, I, I want to know that what I'm about to do is God's will. It, sometimes what I'm about to do, I really want to do I really want that. I really want to do that. I really want to go there, whatever, whatever it is. But I've got to want, I should want what God wants more. And so I say, you know, I pray the prayer, God, you, you, you will either leave the door open or open the door or close the door. God, I, 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 I say God always answers prayer and, and he answers in three ways. Yes. No, and not yet. And some of us, because we're not patient, we take the not yet as a no. And, and, that is, and that's not it. God, God in his grace will sometimes, he will, he will talk to us about something, but, but it might not be the right time. It might not be when we, when we want, that, want that to happen. So that's just a little bit to help us uh, when we, when we are uh, seeking to, to do what God wants us to do in our life, helping us to rightly hear uh, what God is, is saying to our spirit, this is a safe, a safe way of doing it. You know, when people are genuinely hearing God, they won't be just looking at the natural circumstances. They will be listening to their spirit. As we're about to read, um, Following God and doing things His way does not always lead us into the easiest situations. So you need someone who's spiritual enough to, to perceive that this, this is of God, uh, even though the road may be littered with problems. So we're going we're gonna to carry on. Uh, we'll, we'll carry on in verse 16 of chapter 16, um, where the Bible says that once when we were going to the place of prayer, we, we know that, that Paul and Silas are now in Macedonia. Um, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, 
Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. Let's press pause there. Um, So they've arrived in Macedonia and they're confronted by uh, someone who would have been very well known clearly by the region because there was a slave girl who had a fortune-telling, a fortune-telling spirit. Um, and I just, I want to I wanna help us to understand uh, in, in, we live in a day and age where um, sometimes the lines can get blurred. And I want us to clearly understand that the source the source of this ability to foretell the future was not from God. The source of this ability to, to, uh, to, to know what was happening was, was not from God. And fortune telling, when it comes to the things of the Spirit, there is no gray area. There is either dark or light. There is it's black or white. It is, it is life or death. It is, there is no, there is no gray area. So let me put it this way. When I say there's no gray area, what I'm saying is there's no area where it's just a bit of fun. There's no context where it's just a bit of fun. And if ever we find ourselves in a place where we think that fortune telling, uh, Ouija boards, palm reading, horoscopes, is just a bit of fun. It is only because we are ignorant to the the realities of the powers of darkness. There is a very, very real spiritual world uh, that in Jesus' name and through the Spirit of God, we have authority over. I cannot stand against that world in my own flesh, but through the Spirit of God, I can. So there isn't any place where me reading my horoscope is just a bit of fun. Hey, it's in the magazine or whatever. It just gets emailed to me or whatever. I don't know. But, but the point that I want to make is that that, 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 is, that has spiritual connotations to it. And, and we, we don't want to give the enemy... Any foothold in our life. You say, ah, it's only a little thing. Reminds me of a, a story that I hear, heard years ago of um, a man who, who was offered a house um, for free. And the man thought, wow, this is amazing. Are you sure? He said, yes. He said, all I want to keep is um, that nail by the front door. Say so that nail by the front door. You, you just want to say that that nail by the front door is your property, but everything else is mine. And the man said, yes, absolutely. Um, the guy thought, this guy's crazy. I'm going to take that deal. Um, until the guy came and hung the carcass of a dead animal on the nail. And the guy said, you can't do that. He said, I can, it's my nail. Soon, flies were covering that carcass, filling the whole house, making it uninhabitable. The point is, 
You can't say it's just a little thing. You can't say, ah, well, that's only a tiny thing. Look at everything else. That tiny thing can ruin the whole big thing. So you need to let go. You need to make sure that you don't give the devil any little nails in your life that he can come and hang stuff on. And this this stuff from, from that kingdom is, from that dark kingdom, is the stuff that we need to be very wary of. And, uh, and, and there's no context in which Ouija boards are a bit of fun. Right. And, and, and the truth of the matter is that people have a bit of a fun. They get caught up in things. But, but those, those things are gateways to a very spiritual world that have very serious implications. And, uh, and yeah, I think it's just important to be clear about those things sometimes to help us know that there are very clear lines. And we don't want to be... We don't want to be um, uh, exposing ourselves to that kind of supernatural. That we, 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 we have got a great God who is a supernatural God. And, and that's, that's the, the level of the supernatural that we wanted to be engaging with. When, when I go to a fortune teller, if, if that is your story, then you need to understand that all that there may be there may be elements of truth. Maybe someone's been and there were some things that, that they, how could they have known that? But the only thing the devil can do is foretell the future he wants to give you. That's all he can do. But the truth is that, that um, when, when I come to God, everything, everything that the, uh, the devil had planned for me is broken in the name of Jesus. Is anyone glad about that? That everything... Everything that happened pre-salvation is broken through the power of the cross. And I want to say that to you. If someone is still living under the words or something that someone spoke out of over your life, uh, some spiritualist or some uh, fortune teller, in Jesus' name, if your life belongs to Jesus, the power of that thing is broken in Jesus' name. So, we often say, don't we, the devil is a liar. Yeah. He is, he's the father of lies. And yet intriguingly, uh, in this uh, passage, we see that, that the devil is speaking the truth. Which is a little bit weird. Because it's like, well, well, why? You know, but I believe that such was the anointing on Paul and Silas that the enemy couldn't, help but speak the truth and actually God used that slave girl as an advertising campaign for Paul and Silas because everyone knew her no one knew Paul and Silas everyone listened to her no one was listening to Paul and Silas but for days she went around saying these guys are servants of the most high God showing you the way to be saved and there just came a point where Paul Annoyed said, you know, shut up. Because even though, even though that spirit was speaking truth, it was coming from the wrong source. And, and, and there just came that clash of the spirit when Paul annoyed says, ah, in Jesus' name, come out of her. Well, as we see, as we're about to read from that point, you know, we don't see that the town gathered and began to worship and celebrate uh, what had happened. 
Let me read in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners, verse 19, realized that their hope of making money was gone. See, money was a big deal here. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. This was lies. This was not true. The crowd, verse 22, joined in the attack. I love the way King James put this. He says the multitude rose up against them. Paul and Silas and the magistrates, uh, against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods after they'd been severely flogged they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard, guard them carefully when he received these orders he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks this is where only the most dangerous criminals were kept and about midnight when Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. And the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. I'm going to leave it there. I want us to understand that whilst we get introduced to a young slave girl, the truth is that the whole region was influenced by the spirit that was in her. And, and we know this because it's, it's hidden there in the passage that her owners were rich. Her owners were rich and then became very upset that their means of income was now cut off because the people in the area used to come to this girl and they used to, um, they used to ask her about any business transaction, ask them about their future and, and she was like, it was like Paige the Oracle. She was, she was there and everyone came to her and she would espouse what her, she thought about, about their future. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting also um, that that man became rich, but later on, this, this area, this Macedonian area would have been an area covering parts of Bulgaria and Albania and Kosovo and Greece. Um, so it was, we're talking about a big area, but, but at this time, there were not churches here. Now, we, we read, we read um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, wanna watch, just watch this, verse 1, Paul is now talking about these churches and he says, now brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Not the Macedonian church, the Macedonian churches. And in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. This was, 
This letter was written in about AD 55. I'm just wondering if, if their, their extreme poverty was them still recovering from what they had kept giving to essentially the spirit, this slave girl who was being used by the devil. However, these people who'd been given money to the devil were now changed. For he said, I testified that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in, his, in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God, and then by the will of God also to us. Isn't that a powerful thing? These guys who'd for years been held in poverty and kept giving um, to, to uh, this uh, spiritual situation, uh, now they pleaded because they knew the route to blessing. They knew the route to recovery. That God, God, we want to give to God. We, we, know, we know where we've been. We know how, where our lives were. Now we just want to give. We want to we wanna bless the people of God because we know that that is going to help us in our recovery. Now we, that's, that's of course down the line. But I want you to hold that in your mind as we visit this moment now. Because we read that, 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 that Paul and Silas were in prison. They'd been beaten. Their backs were bleeding. Their feet were in stocks. And, and, and I want to just remind us that they were in prison, in pain, in the will of God. Because we've already established that the Spirit of God brought them to this place. And I want us to be reminded and understand that when we're really doing the will of God, when we're really being guided by God, it's not always comfortable and it's not always easy. When we're really doing something for God, we will encounter challenges along the way. I would want to suggest to you that this is absolutely a significant challenge. Here they are pursuing what they believe to be the will of God. And basically, it seems like everything's gone wrong. They're in pain. They're in prison. They don't know what's going to happen next. We knew, we know because we, we get to read the next part of the story. But when they're in this moment, they don't know. Maybe you're in a moment right now where you don't know what the next part of the story is. Maybe you have tried to do what you thought God was asking you to do and you find yourself in a place where you're in pain. You're in a place of restriction and you are confused about the next stage. The Bible said, says that it was about midnight about midnight. Clearly, the Bible says that they began to, began to pray and sing songs to God, but clearly they were awake. Um, you know, that this, in this context would have been extremely late. This is being awake in the middle of the night. They were awake in the middle of the night because they were, had fallen victim, seemingly, to 
some circumstances that the, the devil had generated. I want to I wanna say, and I want to pray, I, I believe that as I was preparing, the Spirit of God said to me that these, these men were up in the middle of the night because they'd been, they'd been beaten. I, I believe that there are people who are up in the middle of the night because you are being beaten by anxiety and fear. These guys were beaten by rods, but you are being beaten by anxiety and fear. And you find yourself waking up in the middle of the night, unable to go back to sleep, filled with fear, filled with apprehension, finding yourselves getting worn down, finding your days being filled with that kind of haze that you get when you haven't slept well enough. And I want to say that it was the enemy that had generated this situation. And if you, if you are being kept awake through anxiety and fear, we, you need to understand there is an enemy that is generating that situation. And, and, and you might not be helping it because of where you're letting your mind go. But I want to I wanna deal with the spiritual aspect of that now. I want to pray. I'm going to believe there are some people who have been uh, pushed around and beaten around by, by fear and anxiety. And I want to believe that that thing is going to be broken over your life and peaceful sleep will return to you. In the name of Jesus, Father, according to your prompting and according to your word, I come before your people and for anyone in the room right now who is battling with insomnia, who is battling with lack of sleep, who is battling with, with nightmares or with, uh, with fear or with anxiety in the night, finding themselves overwhelmed with apprehension, someone just finding themselves waking up nauseous. They don't even know why. Uh, but Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray, I break, I break the power of fear and anxiety. I break, the, I break the power of every spirit behind this situation in the name of Jesus. Father, we will not just sit by and tolerate this. We won't allow ourselves to be pushed around by an enemy who does not want our good. Father, we rise up in faith and know that God, through the power of your Spirit, we have authority to overcome in this area. God, you have planned, you want your servants to sleep. According, according to Psalm 4, it is a part of our inheritance that we can sleep well and that we can rise refreshed in the morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And now we pray our prayers. And I want to say, give the Lord a hand by helping him out. Don't, don't be lying in bed scrolling on your screen for hours. If you want a proper night's sleep, you're not going to get a proper night's sleep just sitting there on your phone or on your iPad or sitting in front of the TV. You know, what are you watching before you go to bed? It's okay praying and believing, but you've got to practically also do something. What might it look like? What, it might, what might it look like if, if in, as preparing to go to bed, you took a few minutes to read something from the Bible, something from the Psalms. You took a few moments to, to just come and, and give thanks to God for the day and, and, and express some gratitude. And, and, and rather than just... Um, filling your mind with stuff 
that you might be getting through a screen. Just, just a thought. So here we have some people guided by God, but they find themselves in a place where in the natural, it looked like they'd been overwhelmed. I, I want to say that when we're pursuing the things of God, there are times, there are times when, when we're going to feel like we're overwhelmed, like, like it's, it's, it's going to feel like it's not working out. I, I, I've just read you a, a passage of, about some churches that came out of this moment. But in this moment right now, we don't know about that. In this moment right now, my back's bleeding. In this moment right now, I'm in prison. My feet are in stocks. I don't know what the next step is. In this moment right now, I'm wondering, did I I get it right? I mean, I know, I know he stopped me going there and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he stopped me going there. But wow, did, did I get this right? Did I, was I too keen? Was I too eager? Because we need to understand that the, the, the same enemy who caused these people to rise up against them, the same enemy that got them in the prison in the first place, is the same enemy who will not only affect their external world, but will affect their internal world. The enemy has a job to rob them of their confidence that, that this is what God, you, you, that you are actually in the will of God. There are times when we are in the will of God, but it does not feel like we're in the will of God. And we've got every reason to think that we might not be because of everything that is going on. But we find that something happened. In their pain, in their sleeplessness, it seems like Paul and Silas tapped into a well that had been established. The Bible says that they began to sing. They began to sing hymns. They began to pray. I would, I would want to remind us that here they are in their, their pain and in their challenge and in their, their difficulty, when you find this moment in you, that you, this is here, that when you're in this moment, this is not the time to practice. You know, it's not like, oh my God, I'm in the middle of these situations. Now all hell is broken out. You know, oh God, oh God. I, I need a word from you, Lord. Oh God, give me something. Anything. It's so easy in the tough times to, to, you know, suddenly now now we're praying. Now we're spiritual. But... But we need to understand that, that, that I believe that the place that, that Paul and Silas came from was something that had been established in the good times. It's, this is not the time to practice. I'm in pain. I don't know what the future holds. I need to engage with God. I need to, I need to, be, I need to be practiced in this. And we find, we find that, that they, they find this place, this well, where they begin, they begin to call on God. And I, I 
I want to I explain, I think that there's so much about what we do with the Lord and what we do for the Lord. It's, it's not just all lovely and, and, and fluffy. Right. And I think this moment, this moment does prove it. I mean, we may not get to the extremes of moments like this, but, but we certainly know what it is to be in a tough place. Yeah. And I think if we, if we just think, us, think about ourselves, our feet are in stocks here. And I've been, my back's been beaten. Oh. Oh. With rods, no matter what I do, I can't get comfortable. And there just must have been a moment. I don't know who started, but there just must have been that moment where. Ah. ah, There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh. There is power, oh my God, in the name of Jesus. See, I just believe in this moment, they weren't feeling too much. They were just, they were just drawing from a well that had been established in other seasons. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. And I just believe as they began to worship and as they began to began to pray, the Spirit of God began to stir within them. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. I'm in pain right now and I don't know what tomorrow holds. And I don't understand what's going on in my life right now. And I don't get these circumstances but I'm calling upon your name Lord Lord I can't feel you but I know you're here I might not know what tomorrow holds but you know what tomorrow holds I put my trust in you Jesus I put my trust in you Jesus I thank you oh God that you have helped me in times gone by I thank and just I believe that as they began to pray as they both began to encourage themselves they began to speak out and they began to call out on the name of the Lord And the Bible says that they weren't doing this alone because there were other people looking on. The other prisoners were watching. The other prisoners were looking on. You need to understand something. Whatever you're going through right now, there are others watching. There are others looking not only what you're going through, but how you are going through it. They are watching what's going on. And they they were fascinated by two men who they they knew probably what it was what it felt like to be where they are. And they knew they didn't feel like singing. But there was just something going on. The Spirit of God deep within these men. Oh God, that just began to call out on the name of the Lord. Believe that God, this God who, this chain breaking God would come to visit them. And I believe that they cried out from the foundations of their faith. And I believe it was the kind of praise and the kind of prayer 
that came from the foundations of their faith that shook the foundations of that prison when the Spirit of God came in. I don't know, you, you might call me a romantic, but I just believe that somehow the Spirit of God, uh, you know, He was looking over the banister of heaven, if you can cope with the language, and He said, hey, Gabriel, can you hear that? And somehow he looked down and there was Paul and Silas having a worship service. Their backs were bleeding and they were locked in stocks. But they began to sing and they began to pray. And God says, now there's a praise party that I want to be part of. I'm going to go and be part of that party. And the Spirit of God invaded that prison. And the Bible says that It was not only Paul and Silas's chains that fell off. Everybody's chains. My God, my God, If maybe we don't need everybody to find that place of worship. But if we've got one, if we've got two people who can find a place of that kind of worship where God turns up for those two, then not only do their chains fall off, not only do their prison doors open, but everybody's, everybody's chains fall off the jailer the jailer wakes up wakened by the earthquake and he sees the doors open and 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 he's he's gonna kill himself I'll tell you why he's he's gonna kill himself because in those days if the jailer let the the uh, inmates escape they took the penalty for their crimes and so he knew he was going to be put to death anyway so he was just cutting out the middleman and 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 Paul knew that And he cried out to the jailer and he said, do not harm yourself. Do not harm yourself. As I was preparing, I felt the Spirit of God say to me that I must say this at this moment because I believe that there has been here today people who have been thinking about taking their own life. People have been thinking about ending it all. What is the point? They are making an assumption about a set of circumstances and they are preparing to do it. Well, the jailer had Paul to come and and call out to him and say, don't harm yourself. But I want you to know that the jailer had Paul, but you've got me. God sent Paul and today God has sent me to tell you, do not harm yourself. Do not harm yourself. Do not harm yourself. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life and it is a great plan. You are making an assumption based on things that you are seeing, but it's not the truth. This jailer made an assumption based on the things that he was seeing, but it was not the truth. Don't harm yourself. I can understand the jailer drawing that conclusion because when the prison was fractured and everyone's chains were off and the doors were open and it's the middle of the night, any jailer in his right mind would say the prisoners are gone. The prisoners have gone. Of course they've gone, right? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Unless, unless there was something more powerful in the prison. See, Paul said, don't harm yourself. He said, we are all here. I believe that when the presence of God broke in that prison, then those those prisoners had a taste of what real freedom was. 
that somehow in this prison, in this place of restriction, they were tasting a freedom that they had never tasted on the outside. They had lived free from a presence out, but they never tasted this kind of freedom because He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And when the Spirit of Jesus comes in, the Spirit of freedom comes in. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. They didn't go because they'd found Jesus and they had found freedom. And I want to say, what I loved about this moment, what I loved about this praise, there were, there's just so much. And I, I, want, I want you to understand something right now, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your trial, in the middle of your suffering, in the middle of, of everything that seems wrong about your life, right now, I want you to notice all the things that are hidden in this moment. You see, when God, when God guides you into something, when God leads you into something, He's hidden stuff in there that you don't know anything about. And you're moaning about how your back's hurting and how this is rough and how it's tough. And I get it. But God would never lead you into a place like that without, without calling out precious treasure. There were churches hidden in this moment. There was churches hidden in this moment. There was a whole, there, 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 this moment was going to bless hundreds of people. It was going to, there was money that was going to be given to hundreds of people. There were jailers who were going to find the Lord. If we read on, you'll find the jailer found the Lord. There is so much treasure in this moment. And this is why the devil was trying to drive them down into a place of despondency. But they dug deep and they began to call on the Lord. Now listen and understand something. I know what it is to live in my head. And I know what it is to pray in my head. And I know what it is to journal. I am classic introvert. I will do that. But I've also learned this. There are some circumstances in life where I can't be quiet. There are some circumstances in life where I can't keep my mouth shut. There are some circumstances in life where I've got to open my mouth and I've got to begin to call on the name of the Lord. I've got to begin to pray. I begin to hear myself believing that these circumstances are not going to hold me. These circumstances are not going to rob me of God's destiny. I don't understand them. I don't get them and I'm in pain right now. But my God, You are going to make a way. Sometimes I need to hear me say, God is going to make a way. It's good to hear You say it to me. But sometimes I need to hear me say it to me. I'm nearly done, but I want to say this. So much of our Christian walk is about journey. It's about being faithful. It's about keeping going. It's about not giving up. It's about persevering. There's so much, there's so much of that. But there are moments along the way. God, God gives us moments along the way. I can think of moments along the way. God, God set me free from smoking in an instant. I can tell you another time in my late 20s, God healed me from a stomach condition. Uh, that had, had bothered me since I was a child and, and God instantly set me free. I've never been bothered by it since. There was a, uh, I had through, just through stress, I had this weird thing with, with this thumb where, where uh, it kept skinning. The skin just kept 
dying and, 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 and it was just incredibly sore. It doesn't sound much, but you know, it affected everything. Every time I picked up something, it was just incredibly sore. And God gave me a moment and He healed me. And I want to say, I want to say that, that God gave these people a moment where He invaded a moment of, of pain and discouragement, God turned up and as they opened their lips and began to pray and call on the name of the Lord, God broke into their circumstances and brought real change. The chains fell off. The prison doors opened. I believe that was true of physical chains. I believe it's true of physical doors, but I believe it was also true of invisible chains and invisible doors that in that moment, God set people free. I believe that God wants to give us a moment here today. I don't know what your chains are. All I know is that if we, if we can just tap in, if we can just for a moment set aside our pain, set aside the restrictions, set aside the confusion, if we can just take our focus off our circumstances and begin to lift up our voice and call on the name of the Lord, He will give you a moment. I don't know if there's anyone here who needs a moment. I don't know if there's anybody here who needs some change to fall off. But I am saying to you in Jesus' name, if you will begin to dig deep and call on His name, He will set you free in Jesus' name. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.